It's the year 1830, and two covered wagons pulled by horses have been traveling through Illinois for days. In the first wagon is my great-great-great-grandparents, John Dixon and Rebecca Dixon. Then there was a second wagon coming behind it, milk cow behind that second wagon. This is the former mayor of Dixon, Illinois, Jim Dixon. Back in the 1830s, his family owned a stagecoach business. They arrived here at the Rock River and established a ferry so they could get their stagecoaches across the river. The first three years, the ferry operated by poles. And after two and a half or three years, it was turned into a, a rope ferry. At one time, there's a news article that said over 200 wagons were at the river waiting to come across. And at about a dollar and a quarter to get a whole family across with a wagon and a couple of horses, they made very good money. The Dixon family established a settlement on the banks of the Rock River, which would become the city of Dixon. Then, in 1837, Illinois began an ambitious project to build roads, canals, and extend railroad lines throughout the state. John Dixon was asked to be a supervisor. The supervisor's job was to employ all the construction companies to do the work, and then the state of Illinois would pay them. So John Dixon, over a period of about a year and a half, built some railroads and did a lot of road work. And so in the spring of 39, he put together all of his reports and sent his faithful clerk to Springfield to collect $11,400. The clerk's name was Orrin Hamlin. Hamlin traveled to Springfield to get John Dixon his money. And so he went down, he turned in the reports at the comptroller's office and was given $11,400 in cash. Can you imagine what $11,400 is 270 years ago? A few months later, John Dixon received a letter from Orrin Hamlin. July 15, 1839. Mr. Dixon, dear sir, I take my pen in hand to inform you of an event you little expect. After drawing the money, I started on a boat up the river and got engaged in playing poker for the first and last time for money. I got a hand I supposed to be the best in the deck, and I commenced betting, and my opponent backed me up to $8,000, then called me. To my astonishment, he held the best hand, whereas mine was but the second. I resolved during the night to send for my family and leave the country until I could return and pay you, which if the Lord lives shall be done. You will have good reason for return of your friendship, which has been so grossly abused by your servant. I don't know what to say, Orrin Hamlin. Orrin Hamlin went to New Orleans, his family joined him there, and they were last seen getting on a ship to South America. 
That, of course, destroyed the Dixon family. And um, he would walk downtown every, almost every day and visit with people. And he was well-loved and friendly, but he was broke. And this wasn't the last time that a city employee would drain Dixon until they were broke. Yeah. Dixon got stuck twice. City Comptroller Rita Cronwell is a big asset to the city. as She looks after every tax dollar as if it were her own. I see you. When did you realize how many horses Rita had? You didn't have to be there very long to find out that it was a massive number of horses. She was the deal. She was it. She was the big cheese in the horse show world at that time. She treated us like we were kings. She seemed so real, and I always felt like she cared about what happened to Leonard and I. I'm Alexa Burke, and this is Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois. Chapter 4, A Bad Dream. It's 2011, and Rita Crundwell heads to the Dixon City Post Office. Rita has picked up the city's mail like this for 40 years, since she was a high school intern. Sometimes, other employees at City Hall offer to pick it up for her. Rita always refuses. No, no, no. I need to stretch my legs anyway. Today, Rita opens the City of Dixon P.O. Box, gathers the envelopes, and heads back to City Hall. She then places the bank statements on the desk of City Clerk Kathy Swanson, so Kathy can write up the treasurer's report for the monthly city budget meeting. Rita walks to her office and settles in. Then she pulls out a bank statement that she didn't hand over to Kathy. It's the statement for her secret RSCDA bank account, the one she opened way back in 1990. She quickly looks it over, then slips it into her bag to take home. She trained me in doing a treasurer's report, which I had to work on once a month with the bank statements. This is Kathy Swanson. In October of 2011, she found herself covering for Rita, who was off showing her horses. I was under the gun. I had too much work to do. And it was time for the monthly city budget meeting again. So I called the bank and I said, I want all of the city of Dixon's bank statements, and I want them faxed to me in five minutes. I was very mad. I probably got some new employee over there, but that's when they came. The bank statements started coming through. The city's sales tax fund, the motor fuel fund, the capital development fund, all of which Kathy recognized. But then... I saw this one account that I had never heard of before. It was RSCDA, City of Dixon. And what I noticed on it was three large deposits for that month. And it was $300,000, 200000 and $150,000. And it was in care of Rita Crundwell. 
I was definitely scared, and I thought, something's not right here. I didn't know who to go to. I hid it in my car, um, and my head was spinning, put it that way. I had a relationship with Rita. I didn't want to get her in trouble if there wasn't any trouble to get into. A few days later, Mayor Jim Burke stopped by Kathy's office for a chat. And he sat down and we were just having a, a conversation about things here. And he mentioned Rita's name and I thought, this is the man I need to tell. He said, go and get me a copy of that right now. My initial reaction was that, that, that there had to be a, an explanation for it. But Kathy kept looking and she could not, she couldn't tie it into anything. I called the FBI. I said, I think there's a cancer in City Hall, but I need to talk with somebody. My name is Andrea Dobransky, and back in 2011, I was the senior supervisory resident agent in Rockford, Illinois. As in, the senior supervisory resident agent for the FBI. I was the one that took the call from the mayor, and they had found something that they weren't sure about. And they just wanted to chat with us and see what we thought. Andrea wanted to find out more about this RSCDA account. And to do that, she needed to see the account's past bank statements. Let's issue some grand jury subpoenas, get some bank records, and see if there's anything there. And so sure enough, found quite a bit of wire transfers that were not explainable. What she would do is take funds that were earmarked for the city of uh, Dixon from the state of Illinois. This is federal prosecutor Joe Peterson. And then from there, she would write checks payable to treasurer, and then those would be deposited into this RSCDA account that she had established. From there, she could either spend it directly out of there, or she would sometimes write checks to her own personal RC Quarter Horses account. Rita had taken measures to protect that account from being discovered. She was the only one who had access to the mail. She would go and pick up all the bank statements on her own, or if she was out of town, somebody, either a family member or somebody who wasn't from that office, would pick up the mail. We realized that we needed to subpoena more bank records to figure out how long she had been taking the money from the city of Dixon. It was a very difficult investigation in that a lot of the things we would normally do, such as surveillance, subpoena records, uh, we had to be very careful with because it was a very small, close-knit community. And at that time, we had no idea if anyone else was involved. Investigators told Mayor Burke and Kathy Swanson not to tell anybody what they'd discovered. For now, it would be business as usual in Dixon City Hall. We talked on a weekly basis, sometimes several times a week, many, many phone calls back and, and forth. The feds would request financial documents, and Mayor Burke would pass those requests on to Kathy Swanson. Kathy would leave her house like maybe at 10 after 8 in the morning, and then I would call her on her cell phone, and I would tell her about my conversation with the FBI. 
I would pull over, I'd take notes if the FBI needed any kind of documentation from here. I would come in early, I would make the copies, I would put them in a sealed envelope, put them on the mayor's desk, he'd pick them up or have his wife pick them up. We set it up that way so nobody at my household knew about it. The whole time I had to be the same person to Rita. I had to ask her how her trips were, how her dogs were. I had to keep that status quo in the office. My boyfriend Tom would say to me quite frequently, are you sure you're okay? You don't seem like yourself. And I would just say, oh, I have a lot of work to do. There's, there's a lot going on at work. I, I need to get a lot of things done. It was heart-wrenching. I was very scared because I was told, you keep it quiet, you say nothing to nobody, we'll handle the investigation. So I believe that when the FBI tells you to keep your mouth shut, you keep your mouth shut. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to True Spies. The podcast that takes you deep inside the greatest secret missions of all time. Suddenly out of the dark, it's appeared in Laden. You'll meet the people who live life undercover. What do they know? What are their skills? And what would you do in their position? Vengeance felt good. Seeing these people pay for what they'd done felt righteous. True Spies from Spyscape Studios. Wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, the potholes were terrible. You know, the streets needed to be replaced. All we could do was put a new covering over the worst ones. This is Jeff Kuhn. He was a retired schoolteacher in 2011 when he won the election to become the streets commissioner. Former finance commissioner Roy Bridgman had asked Jeff to run. He said, because Jeff had taught government classes, he said, you know the ins and outs of this city. This is Jeff's wife, Jeannie. I was good friends with Roy Bridgman's wife. And she said, oh yeah, Rita always throws the nicest Christmas parties. Rita flew her and Roy down to Florida for vacation at her home. She told me all about her house and her boat and her, I think she had a Corvette or something like that. There were three new commissioners that year. Well, she didn't throw a Christmas party that year. The first thing Jeff did after being elected was inspect the city's construction equipment. We have an inloader, that big, huge machine that you know, scoops something up and dump it in dump trucks. Well, four tires, three of them were flat. So I went into Rita and I said, Rita, I have to have new tires for the inloader. And she always gave us this line, well, let me go to the money tree, see if I can pick some money off of there, then you can have it. Every time you ask her for something, well, let's go see how the money tree's doing. I said, I have to have four new tires for that inloader. 
it's construction time, we're going to be building another street. And she kept saying, no, there is no money. And I said, That's, that won't work, Rita. I have to have that money. She says, all right, I'll get you the tires. I'll just move some money around. Like every city commissioner in Dixon, Jeff attended a monthly budget workshop at City Hall. The meeting was in the City Hall chambers, you know, with a big table, and we're all sitting around with our budgets and going over line items. I'm just a math nerd by nature. To me, numbers is everything. And I'm going through it, and some of these numbers are not making sense to me. If we have this much revenue and this much coming out, those two have to be the same. Rita always had a response, you don't understand municipal finance. You know, that was just bothering the heck out of me. And I said, well, the bottom line is they have to equal each other. Well, you don't understand municipal finance. And I'm going, I'm sorry, guys, we can't go until I understand what's going on with this. I need to know. I'm sitting next to Kathy. Kathy is on my left and Rita is on my right. And Kathy kicked me. She kicked me right in the ankle. And I'm going, okay, something's up. But I said, all right, never mind. Go on to the next thing. And I, I, I dropped it. Meanwhile, months had gone by since Kathy discovered Rita's secret bank account and Mayor Burke called the FBI. They wanted one of our reports. And it was a large report and on 11 by 14 paper, and I knew I couldn't copy it. So I just took it out of the book. Well, two days later, Rita went looking for it. I have to come up with a, an excuse. And she came up with the excuse for me. She said, oh, wasn't that the one that was incorrect? And we sent it back to the accountants to redo it. And I said, you know what, you're right. So she covered that one for me. <laughs> And all that time that Kathy was sneaking city paperwork to the FBI, Rita kept stealing from the city. And I would sit and I'd watch her at lunchtime go and get the checkbook to write her check out, and then she would turn around and deposit it into her account over at the bank. So the minute we got the money in, it was gone in the afternoon. I had to do this for six months. It was six months of horror, <laughs> trying to remain myself here and be calm, and I just, I was waiting for the day that they would come and take her. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers, and if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. March 15, 2012. Email from Dixon's new finance commissioner, Dave Blackburn. Payments expected from the state of Illinois seem to have slowed down even more than before. And since we have no reserves, it is borderline catastrophic. We have absolutely no money, so budget numbers don't really matter at this time. Unless something is absolutely essential to today or tomorrow's operation, we need to hold off on any and all purchases. CC Rita Crandwell. I was doing her hair, and she was on her computer working. She worked at every horse show some, and I felt like she was really preoccupied with the computer and nervous. This is Lee Berryhill, Rita Crendwell's friend and horse trainer. While the FBI was closing in on Rita back in Dixon, Lee and her husband Leonard were preparing her to show Good I Will Be at the Gold Coast Quarter Horse Show in Tampa, Florida. And I was like, Rita, you got to concentrate on horsemanship. We're getting ready to go do the horsemanship. They're saying it's going to be sooner. we got to get going. You need to think about that pattern. Think about what Willie's going to do right here. I thought she was maybe nervous about the horsemanship, probably. But looking back, I think it was something about the computer. She was different. Something was awry. And I would say, why, why do you do this job? I mean, you know what? Why do you need to do this job? And she said, because I love my town. I love my city. We were on our way to her place. We were on the north side of Kansas City, which was about halfway there, when one of their employees called. He said, where are you at? And I said, well, I'm north side of Kansas City heading your way. And he said, don't go to Dixon. And I said, "Okay, what's going on? And he said, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I can't tell you what's going on. I don't know. But there is a whole lot of people drove in here with big black cars, and they're all carrying big guns, and they're going through everything. Apparently, it was pretty much like they invaded them. And he said, I don't know what's going on, but come on up to Beloit. We'll meet you at the road, dog. Well, I look at my wife and, what? What in the world is going on? Beloit was home to Jim McKillop's. Rita's boyfriend, and the Mary J. Ranch, where Rita kept a lot of her horses. I started calling people, and they started going, something is up, something's going on. Rita's been arrested, you know, on and on. And we're like, what? It seemed like some kind of movie or a nightmare that you couldn't wake up from. And it wasn't 15 minutes later, GoHorseShow.com already had the whole story. A nationally renowned horse breeder, a city employee since the 1980s, and a world-class thief. She'd been arrested and accused of embezzlement. And so in a little while, we're starting to get all the news feeds in from friends and from other news establishments. 
Dixon's former treasurer was arrested last week in is the Rita Crundwell embezzlement scandal. There is no question. Seems she's embezzled $50,000 or so. I don't know what the number was at the time, but it was a lot. This, this is people that's, that we know really well, one of our friends that we're so close to, and they're saying she's an embezzler. We went to the cafe, and Jim called me on the phone. As in Jim McKillops, Rita's boyfriend. And he said, where are you? And I said, we're sitting here at the road dog. He said, will you wait for me? He was, he was just coming out of the courthouse in Dixon. He said, I'm on my way. And so, wow. So I bought his dinner and pretty much was silent for a while then. We went to the Mary J. Ranch from there and uh, had to drive through the paparazzi and all that stuff. So, the people with big cameras and stuff were sitting outside his gate and helicopters and airplanes flying over. Jim was in shock. We sat out there in his driveway and, and uh, he just, he cried like a little baby. He just, he was in such shock and dismay that well, his world had just come crashing down on him. And we were just thinking, this can't be. I mean, this is, this has got to be a bad dream. Lo and behold, it wasn't. One. Two, three. We all depend on someone. Someone else depends on you. Everybody needs, everybody giving. I need you to need me. You do too. Next time on Crooked City, the city of Dixon learns of Rita's betrayal. I've never seen so many people in the council chambers and so many angry people. Like you could just feel the negative energy, the anger, the betrayal, just the disbelief in that room. And they also learn just how much money Rita stole. It doesn't appear that Rita Crunwell had a conscience at all. I mean, it's unconscionable. Unlock all episodes of Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois, ad-free right now by subscribing to the Binge podcast channel. Not only will you immediately unlock all episodes of this show, but you'll get Binge access to an entire network of other great true crime and investigative podcasts, all ad-free. Plus, on the first of every month, subscribers get a binge drop of a brand new series. That's all episodes all at once. Unlock your listening now by clicking subscribe at the top of the Crooked City show page on Apple Podcasts or visit getthebinge.com to get access wherever you get your podcasts. Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois is a production of Truth Media in partnership with Sony Music Entertainment. The show is produced by Kenny Kusiak, Alyssa Mardinet, Kevin Shepard, and Zach St. Louis. I'm Alexa Burke, your host and senior producer. Story editing by Mark Smerling. Scott Curtis is our production manager. Fact-checking by Danya Suleiman. Voice acting by Nicholas Gray. Sound design by Kenny Kusiak and Alexa Burke. George Draping-Hicks did the mix. Music by Epidemic Sounds. 
Marmoset, and Blue Dot Sessions. Our title track is Sweet Revenge by Big Girl. Thank you to Dr. Kelly Richmond Pope for interviews from Kathy Swanson and Jim Burke from her documentary, All the Queen's Horses. You can check out her book, Fool Me Once, Scams, Stories, and Secrets from the Trillion Dollar Fraud Industry. Continue the conversation with us online by tweeting at Crooked City Pod. If you've enjoyed Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps other people find the show. And thanks for listening. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.